Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. In much less detail, the podcast where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Here are your hosts, Jay and Dre. Y'all know what time it is. It is time for In Much Less Detail, the podcast here with you live on a Friday night, December the 15th, 2017. I'm Dre, he's Jay. We got NFL football coming up tomorrow. We got NFL football coming up on Sunday. We got NFL football coming up on Monday night. NFL, NFL, NFL. Now that the college season is over, except for those meaningless bowl games, it's all about the NFL. They make sure it's all about the NFL because they're on the schedule four out of the seven days of the week or seven nights of the week. And, Jason, they got started Last night in Thursday Night Football in a game that you said you weren't going to see any part of because you're going to be at the Star Wars movie uh, premiere. And I didn't see any of it just because I was home and chose not to watch any of it. But you get to jump on me to start the week as the Broncos come back and knock off the Colts 25-13 to in a game that only, only a gambling addict would possibly watch. Well, so here's how it happened. I'm at work. It's actually this. This is really bad. This is how you know how meaningless this game was. I'm at work and I have on, you know, I have control of the cable box at our work, and I had like home improvement shows on or something. And then it's got to be about seven thirty-five, and I was like, oh wait, there's a football game on tonight. Normally, I'm all over it. I'm onto the pregame. You know, I so I cared so little about that. I was I'd rather watch tiny house nation than the Broncos and the Colts. So I turned on the game just in time to see Jake brisket run a uh, ball into the end zone. Uh, as it turned out was after a Trevor Simeon pick, which Trevor Simeon is very good at doing. Uh, I then I'm then able to hang on around long enough in the game to see uh, Trevor Simeon get uh, driven into the ground on his shoulder and get knocked out of the game. As I turn off the TV, is at the moment when I realized that Brock Osweiler is coming into the game, and I was secretly wanting to text you to see, I was like, can I change my pick mid-game? And then it turned out that Brock Osweiler just balled out for the whole rest of that game. Of course he did. Uh, of course, because this is your guy. and We all know that Brock Osweiler is your boy. You, 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 your drizzling shits last year, Brock Osweiler had to come into a game that the Colts were winning 10 to nothing after they'd also missed a field goal on that drive where Simeon got hurt. So, it, so it's perfect poetic justice that Brock Osweiler comes in and, and shoves it up your ass in that game, rushes for a touchdown, throws two touchdowns, plays one of his best games as a pro. And, and there it was beating you on the pick, uh, giving me a win up on you on a Thursday, a rare win up on you on a Thursday night going into the weekend. And I, I saw none of it, so I really have no opinions about it. All I can say is it, it makes perfect sense. Of course he did it to me because I hate Brock Osweiler. Of course he did it to me because I backed the Indianapolis Colts, a team that I hate with the intensity of a thousand suns. 
Of course, he did it to me because in this season of, I don't know if it's parody or uh, I don't know exactly what to make of the season, but it's it's been just a crazy, crazy season. As wide open as I said it would be and maybe even more so, uh, of course he did. Of course, Brock Osweiler balls out uh, in relief in a game in which he's losing and looks like an all-pro, all-world quarterback. Of course. It's the only way I can put it. I, I did watch the highlight package, and Osweiler was making some nice throws. Well, good for him. That's about all I could say. He, he had a nice game, and apparently all it took was a nice Brock Osweiler game. I mean, the Colts, at the, after the point when Osweiler came in, the Colts only managed three more points the rest of the game. And that, you know, I, I said the better talented team would win. I was kind of, you know, flying that in the face of the Thursday night pair, you know, parable where it says we have to, you know, the corollary where we have to pick the the Thursday night home team. But this year has been so random. I just felt like this was one where the better team would win out. And to my shock, it was a Brock Osweiler led effort. So, Okay. I, I'm just shaking my head. I, I have no other reaction to it. I'm just shaking my head. I'm like I'm like screaming A. Smith. All I can do is just shake my head slowly and roll my eyes. I mean, at that point when Trevor Simeon went down, if I could have bet the the game, you know, bet the line in game at that point, yeah. I would have lost my ass because I would have thrown everything I owned on the Indianapolis Colts because it was Brock Buck and Eisweiler. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you would have forgot about the Colts who apparently are – making a historical run at losing leads. Like it's ridiculous yeah. how many yeah. leads they've had and just find a way to lose them every single time. So, uh, yeah, we've talked about how much fight that they've shown this year and how they've found a way to lose games. They didn't find a way to lose this late. They just found a way to just straight up lose. It ended up not even being close. I mean, I, I watched maybe three minutes of the game and it was, it didn't answer any questions about why anything happened because one of the three minutes was when the Colts were up 10 nothing, and then I switched back to whatever my wife was watching. And a half hour later, I switched back, and it was 23-10. to 10. And I just was like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? What happened? I went to bed. But what? Hey, what happened? I forgot to go look for that drop and that would have fit that definitely would have fit for, for that game so that that's my great review of the game yeah say, we say it enough on this show yeah we say it enough on this show yeah so there's a if you checked out the lines this week there's some uh there's some special lines out there i i have it we've had special lines all year where you look at them you kind of look at them with that sideways glance like well what do you guys know you guys must know something. Well, it's either they know something or there's a lot of stupid money being thrown by the public at that certain Yeah, time. which which is always kind of going to happen, um, especially with the more popular teams. But uh, I do have to warn you, I have to, re- I have to reserve the right to change my lock should we agree on the lock. <laughs> oh, as you try to uh... – Click catch up and, and catch me in the lot. So well, I all I can do that. is tie. All I can do is tie. Right, you are that would... three up with three to go. So if you win one lock the rest of the way, or I lose one the rest of the way, uh, you'll get for the first time in three seasons you'll have won the locks. So I won't bid you congratulations just yet. 
There's and still hope that I can just negate that for you completely. Because as we know, a push is a a push is a loss as far as we do it. We only count wins. Um, That's right. So uh, you know, so if you're playing it, you would probably be picking locks that have hooks on them the rest of the season. <laughs> That that would be bright. That that, that would, that be, would be a strategy. Me, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think to do that, but maybe I'll, ah, I'll since you've never played with the lock lead before. Exactly. I, this is all brand new to me. Uh, for any new listeners, the winning of the locks uh, has a, a a prize of gaining uh, a point in our sort of convoluted point system for when we make yeah. it to the playoffs and start picking those playoff games. It's not about uh, just having more picks correct than the other person when we make it to the playoffs. There's an actual point system involved, and the winner of the uh, the, the locks championship, so to speak, will, will get an extra yeah. point to start off the playoffs, and that can which be is, a very big point. Which has never come into play yet. We've been This is the third year we've been doing it, and that, that point hasn't made a difference one way or the other yet. But you'd still rather have it than not. Oh, yeah, well... I needed it last year just to stay within shouting distance of you, and the year before that was the uh, – you ended up uh, clinching that one. That Was was that Denver, Carolina two years ago? Uh, two years yeah. ago, that's, that's right. That was Denver, Carolina. That one ended up not mattering because I picked wrongly in which game you would lose in the championship week. So I ended up losing it on that. Last year, uh, last year you you had me beat uh, pretty soundly. Which you're doing to me I again this year? Although I've I've, I've I've closed the gap, or you've closed the gap. I guess it depends yeah. on your point of view there. I'm kind of where like I've I'm been beating, all year. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm beating you so soundly anymore after what's what's happened to to my record in the last nine weeks or so. I did, oh yeah. my goodness. The did you, did that get you to 500? Have you? It did. So that you are sitting right on the line. So there's a chance you could be under 500 at the end of this week. No, no pressure, right? No pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Uh, I haven't done the, uh, the plugs in quite a while, so I'll take the, uh, the time and, and the advantage to do that. So we got new listeners to the last two shows in a row, two new, callers to the show and we're very appreciative of that. Yeah, we had, uh, we had however, Star Child. Star Child was the, 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 the Steelers fan and then we had the guy from Pittsburgh who was the Cowboys yeah. fan. We had the Steelers fan in Detroit and then yeah. the last yeah. show we had the guy in Pittsburgh yeah. who was a big Cowboys fan and, and right. hated the Eagles. So. The fans union representative of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> the the hatred for the well, Eagles man. because of the uh, because of the, how they treated Michael Irvin when he was laid out on their their stadium floor, which is how long ago how how far are we going back for that? Isn't that twenty years ago, maybe? Uh, somewhere in that neighborhood. Apparently it's stuck. The flame still burns. Yeah. Hey. That's what being a fan is all about, I suppose. Um so any uh, communication that you would like to do with our show, whether you're a new listener, an old listener, or somewhere in between, uh, you can always email the show. You can send that to inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com. You can always communicate with us on Twitter. I am at IMLDDre, and Jason is at IMLDJTG. You can look at all of our picks on our blog site. That site is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. It's got all our picks going back 
to, I think, 2010 is when we started the blog. Of course, you are listening live. The only place you can listen to the show is on the website, blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. I always get a little uh, giggle and, and some humor out of some people who continuously still ask me, hey, I, I heard you do a, a, a show about football. What, where can I listen? What station are you on? How can I? No, it, it's not on the radio. It's it's You can't turn on the radio. Let's do it. It's only on a website. If you want to get there by your smartphone or on the computer or however you want to listen to it, that's fine. But you need an internet connection. Radio doesn't help you. Batteries and a transistor radio will not help you listen to our show. I appreciate the, the interest in the show, but there's only one way you can listen live, and that's on blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. There's many ways to listen to the show after it's over as a podcast, uh, and that would be going back to the website and looking through our archives or subscribe through iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or any number of apps on your smartphone or any other device. There's many different ways to listen to our show, and we are very, very appreciative to anyone who would care to listen to us talk football and BS with with each other. Uh, uh, You want to uh, take a call real quick before we do our picks? Let's do it. All right. Long time no here from Bryce in Brooklyn. Big game coming up with the Steelers and the Patriots. Bryce, what's on your mind? Hey, what's going on, fellas? How you feeling tonight? Good. We're hanging in there. Yeah, you're ready for for Sunday. Man, listen, I am so ready for this game. Just so many intriguing matchups, so many things going on. Um, Joe Hayden got through a week of practice. He's questionable. I think he's going to go, but I don't think he'll start. I think he'll play some snaps. They're getting him into the fold. Cody Sensible, the backup corner, hasn't been playing well, but they need bodies. But I think he'll be he'll be a go-to. And Cam Sutton, the rookie, he's going to be a go. So we'll see what they can do with that other corner. We need to play discipline. I'm excited for this matchup. It's going to be great. Hey, I was uh, listening to a, a Pro Football Focus podcast, Bryce, and they were talking about they uh, they agree with you. I remember you talking a few weeks ago about Artie Burns and how you would like to see Pittsburgh sort of trust him more man to man coverage instead of all the zone that they play in. And PFF definitely agrees with that. They would like to see Keith Butler sort of go in a different direction and. and maybe not so much zone coverage and a little more man-to-man. This would be a, a nice game to try something different uh, with the Patriots in town. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. And you got to – you just have to mix it up. I mean, you can't have one coverage. Pittsburgh's tried that. Brady's ate it up. You got to mix up the coverage. Look, the problem with Artie is not a talent thing. It's a discipline thing, which when you're playing Brady and Belichick, that can get you beat. But you got to risk it. Um, you got to throw some man – you got to, you know, some off coverage, some matchup zone. You know, you got to be able to do all that stuff. You can't let these guys get a beat on it. I think overall Pittsburgh is the more talented football team. Um, just when you've got the best, the greatest coach ever and the best co- quarterback ever, that's a great equalizer. But, you know, we got a great quarterback Hall of Fame guy too. So if the defense can just get a few stops, I think our offense can get going. And then we'll go from there. It's good to have a lot of guys back ready to go. 
Yeah, and we haven't talked since the, the Ryan Shazier injury. That is a, a massive hole to fill. Huge hole. I mean, and, and, and huge hole to fill, and then to have to play the Ravens and Patriots, two teams, look, two teams that aren't explosive on the outside, but will work the middle of the field with good running backs, as you saw last week, you know, with with Arthur Motes moving inside, bringing Sean Spence in, L, you know, L.J. Fort, you know, kind of three guys to try to match Shazier. They really got exposed. And you're hoping a week of practice, of film preparation, they'll be better and they'll figure out some combinations. You're going to have to do something because you got backs that you're playing against last week and this week that can really hurt you. Burkhead, we know him from Cincinnati, Deion Lewis. You know, Brady is patient. That's what makes him so great. He'll hit, the, he'll take the backs all day and just kill your your bad matchup. So they're going to have to figure that out. Uh, probably run the football, be physical. I don't know if the Patriots can stop a healthy Le'Veon Bell. Um, when you know, last year during the regular season when Lev Bell played, he was giving them the business. I thought he was good in the pass game and the run game. If he can get going and control the football and the defense can get him off the field on third down, that's going to bode well for the Steelers. All right, getting ready. Jason, uh, you got anything for Bryce? No, I'm good. See, we got another caller on the line here. We, 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 it's a busy show. <laughs> yeah, Guys, Pittsburgh 27, Patriots 23. That'd be All a right. burger. Bryce has spoken. Thanks, Bryce. All right, thanks, guys. Yeah, so you want to uh, take another call? Sure, we got what well, area code five seven zero. You're on the air. Yeah, hey, what's up, guys? Hey, how's it going? Pretty good, man. Um, really love what we were talking about tonight, and I, I I wanted to talk about the Steelers and this Patriots matchup, and kind of something that's been bothering me with uh, with, with the Steelers this year, and and, and even the past years. And, and that's well, Mike Mitchell. Okay. okay. What's bothering you about Mike Mitchell? All right, so here's the thing with him. Tell me if I'm wrong, okay? I'm a life, lifetime Steelers fan. I grew up in Pittsburgh. I, I went to Central Catholic. I'm a big-time Steelers fan. And it seems that this guy is either doing one of two things. He's either getting burnt deep or hitting a dude late across the field all the time. Tell me, tell me, drawing some penalty, right? I mean, do you guys see what I'm watching, or or, or am I crazy? Well, it's not quite that severe, but uh, he does seem to have a tendency to uh, to make bad plays at the wrong time. It's, yeah, you know, yeah, it does. It does seem that way. We, we we haven't had a good safety in a in a long time, and I I remember Mike Mike Mitchell was a a second-round pick out of Ohio, and the Raiders took him, and it was like a big shock that year when they took him in the draft. I don't know if you guys remember that at, at all or not. I, no, I really don't remember that particular pick. Well, I, I remember it because that was the first day that uh, this dude was giving me this big blow job, and, and I, I was, like, watching the draft in the background, and I was like, yeah, and this guy was blowing me. And, and then I remember – um, this other dude walked. Oh, whoops! Uh, that's enough of that. 
Okay. Mike Mitchell. Uh, Mike Mitchell. <laughs> yeah, Mike Mitchell uh, makes a lot of crazy plays. Yeah, we, um, we need to get that guy in touch with Sebastian. Seriously, I'm thinking he's probably a friend of uh, of Sebastian's or something like that. That was that was our guy from the last show, I thought, right? Yeah. Joe from Pittsburgh, the the hatred. Wait, was that for... was that the same caller? Thought it was. It sounded like. No, him. that couldn't have been the same guy. I, I he was a Cowboys was. fan. Yeah, he was. Uh, oh, he was. Yeah, he was talking about the. Uh, you said it was a lifetime Steelers fan. Yeah, this guy said he yeah. was a Steelers fan. Okay, yeah, maybe it's a different guy. It sure sounded like him, yeah. though, but uh, who, who has apparently very interesting draft parties. Um. Well, apparently. Jeez, when did we become? Like, when did we become the White Sox post game show? Where's Ranji? <laughs> We, we we need we need the producers from that show to the screen our calls hey, better. We should, we, need... feel, we should feel honored that those are the calls that we're getting now. We got two calls back to back. We couldn't yeah. with the with the run of good calls that we've had this year. We were due, we were for, due what? for that. We were due. Yeah. We were due. Yeah. I think you're right about that. Okay, let's move on to some football picks, which is let's do it. We're supposed to be here anyway. Uh, Let's look at the uh, the Chargers and the Chiefs tomorrow night. Uh, Saturday night football. Uh, we talked a little bit the last show about there's going to be some good football played on on Saturday night, and not necessarily the Bears and the Lions, but uh, the Chargers and the Chiefs are battling now for the top of the AFC West. The Chiefs had to rally up from the big losing streak they were on, and they were able to knock off the Raiders last week at home and get back on the winning track. Now they have the other team that's at the, uh, near the top of the of the division. The Chargers are coming in, and the Los Angeles Chargers have been playing some great football themselves. So they're both 7-6. and six. They're going to do battle. Chargers are 3-3 three and three on the road, and the Chiefs are 4-2 and two at home. And the Chiefs are not necessarily the favorites because I think that that many people are impressed with what the Chargers have been doing and thrown off by what the Chiefs have been doing on that long losing streak. So the Chargers actually give a point. So it's basically a pick em. L.A. minus one at Kansas City. Jason, who you got? I'm actually going to go with the betting public here and take the Chargers. I think the Chargers are a deserving favorite in this game. If you take the first six weeks away from the season and you look at just what these teams have done since the Chiefs had run out to that five and one start, and the char- and the Chargers with their horrible start, you know the the Chargers have been the better team over the bulk of the whole season now. I think, even though their records are the same, uh, but definitely more in this run up to this game. And you're seeing Philip Rivers is getting the ball around to everybody. I mean, he's they're showing the highlight packages of Philip Rivers this year, and he still has that lightning-fast release. He's not the most mobile guy anymore, but he has so much trust in the guys around him and in his abilities, and he doesn't seem to be one of these guys who's fading as he's getting older. They have the running game. The Chiefs, you know, we, we talked about it way back in week one when Eric Berry got hurt, about how would this team be able to hold up all season. We thought the offense was going to carry them. They looked unbeatable. Alex Smith, all the MVP talk out. That has changed quite a bit. I know they got the win last week, but the Raiders Raiders are kind of low-hanging fruit um, in that matchup. I mean, I, I did have the Raiders last week because I thought that the Chiefs were a ship that was sinking even faster than the Raiders, who 
might have still been playing for the division, and the Raiders are still, unfortunately, around in that division. But I think the Chargers can go in there and put a stranglehold on this thing. And honestly, the way the Chiefs have played, and we know what we know what they're going to do if they make the playoffs, I'd rather go with more of a of, of a team that could be a wild card or a spoiler going into the playoffs. So just for the sake of you know, compelling football in January, I'm going to go ahead and take the Chargers here. Well, the Chiefs will uh, get Marcus Peters back from suspension uh, after he started throwing penalty flags around and, and getting himself thrown out of uh, football games. I guess he wasn't actually thrown out of that game. He thought he was. He walked off. He threw himself out. <laughs> Excuse me. I'll I'll be I'll remove myself. I'll be over this way. It's like all the guys getting accused of sexual harassment. Excuse me. I'll I'll let myself out. <laughs> Nobody, I see I'll nobody. Just, I see nobody took my advice on Marvin Lewis yet. Not yet, but the 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 week is still young. There, there's still time. Uh, so Peters comes back, and, and it's it's interesting that the Chiefs are relying on so many different people now in their defensive backfield. They 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 get Peters back. They they brought in Darrell Revis. Uh, they they dug up the corpse of Darrell Revis a couple of weeks ago and brought him in off the street, and he. Looked terrible his first game. He looked a lot better last week. Uh, so who knows what they're going to get out of him in this game, but they really do need some help back there because here comes Phillip Rivers on one of those late-season surges that he, teams, he, he tends to have. Uh, at his age, he's still getting it done back there. He's still making weapons out of guys you never heard of. Uh, and the, the Kansas City defense, man, uh, despite all the improvements that the Chiefs have had, uh, this season in general and last week in particular, that's still a defense that I don't think they're going to be ready for, for what the, the San Diego Clippers are bringing uh, or the, the Los Angeles Chargers or whatever they're called right now. Uh, and maybe as important, maybe maybe even more importantly, I don't know if the Kansas City offense is going to have an answer for what the Chargers are able to do on defense. Uh, Joey Bosa is wrecking people. He has been getting after people basically since he got into the league. And and Melvin Ingram on the other side is is a, a hell of a, a second weapon there. That's a one-two combination, uh, and Alex Smith might be in for a very long evening. So I'm going to agree with you, and not necessarily because I want to see the Chargers in the playoffs more than the Chiefs. I think they're both going to get knocked out pretty early. I don't think they're both. Uh, I don't think either one of them is is close to a complete team right now. But I think that the Chargers present much more of, of, a, of a weapon to come in than what the Raiders were trying to bring last week. The Chiefs were able to sort of swap them aside. I don't think they're going to be able to do that with the Chargers. And I think the, the deficiencies that the Chiefs have been uh, exposed in the last six games, whatever that losing streak was, I think it's going to continue to get exposed because the Chargers are on a four-game winning streak. They're playing their best football at the right time. They're going to possibly come in and, and help shut down the running game again. They, they got Kareem Hunt sort of going again last week, but uh, I, I think Bosa and, and Ingram are going to be revved up and ready to go and ready to sort of send a message to the Chiefs. Hey, we can come in to your house and we can handle you. So I'm going to agree with you and take the Chargers. On to Sunday afternoon action, we will break down the Packers and the Panthers because the Packers have a guy coming back at quarterback. You may have heard of him. He's Aaron Rodgers. He is back from his 
busted up collarbone, and his first order of business is to try to get the seven and six Green Bay Packers uh, away from 500 by going into Charlotte and beating uh, a sometimes irritating, sometimes confusing, but definitely talented nine and four Carolina Panthers squad. Uh, this one should be very compelling because if Rodgers can't pretty much jump right on, right immediately back into uh, from the frying pan into the fire, if he can't get it going right off the bat, that knocks Green Bay back to seven and seven, and in a very very uh, short race trying to get a wild card spot from seven and seven doesn't look like it's going to happen. So they pretty much need to win out. I think everyone knows that they need to win out. Uh, if, if this is going to go anywhere for the Packers. Uh, so Green Bay at Carolina, Green Bay 7-6, and six, Carolina 9-4, and four, and Carolina is the top-out line three-point favorite at home against Green Bay. Uh, this one came down to me to will Carolina be able to put pressure on Aaron Rodgers and make sure that he doesn't get up to game speed immediately as soon as he gets back in there. And I think they're going to do it. I think Carolina will get after Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he's, if he needs time to, to get up to speed, Carolina can, can absolutely put this game away early. If Rodgers gets out there the first quarter, the first half, and looks like he hasn't played NFL football in two months, which he hasn't, uh, he could find himself behind 14 nothing, 21 nothing, very early and trying to come back against the Panthers is not going to be an easy task because Carolina has 40 sacks as a team on the season, and that's tied for third most in football. So uh, if Rodgers is coming back against a team that couldn't really hurry him and couldn't really pressure him, I'd say Green Bay has a chance to have a, an emotional bounce because of Rodgers getting back in there. But I don't think Carolina's going to allow that to happen. I also don't think Carolina's going to allow Green Bay to keep running as well as they've been running lately. Uh, I think Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis are going to have something to say about that. Uh, so it's going to be something to watch. I think everyone is excited for Aaron Rodgers being able to make this comeback. I, I've expressed my worry that it's a little too soon. I wonder if he's truly ready to come back. It's not so much about his health and trying to worry about is he going to re-injure himself, but I guess it's more about, as crazy as it may sound, is – Brett Hundley with some rhythm now actually winning some games as, as terrible as he's looked in the first half of some of these games, he's got to give him credit. He's come back and, and made some throws and, and won the last couple of games. Would that be a better option than a 50% Aaron Rodgers or 60% Aaron Rodgers? We, we heard all the talk about how great he's looked in practice, but we actually don't know what he's going to be in game action. And that's that's the worry, that's the risk that Mike McCarthy is going to take. But I don't think this is a good spot for him at Carolina. So uh, despite Cam Newton and the Panthers always being tough to trust, I'm going to trust the Panthers in the spot and give the three points. Now, I'll tell you what, good spot, bad spot, it doesn't really matter. You basically need to win out if you're the Green Bay Packers to make the playoffs. This is your field general, your best player on the team, one of the best players in the NFL. You, you know, you, uh, watching the talking head shows today, you almost get the sense that all these folks, they're, they're rooting, they're actively rooting for the Green Bay Packers here because, you know, it's Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and everybody, you know, people are so accustomed to seeing this team 
get into the playoffs and and do some damage and 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 win some and win some good games are always in some pretty good games well some classics for good and for bad on their side but overall i have to concur i think this is going to be too much for the packers overall not just aaron rodgers i think aaron rodgers is going to be just fine i think you know we understand that carolina has a reasonable pass rush but Aaron Rodgers can excel against a good pass rush. He has that that elusive quality to dance around and make plays. But that's also where I'm going to be a little bit more fearful for him. Not because I, I don't think he can take the hits, but because it's going to be in his mind. You know, if that rush starts getting after him, I think we might see him rush some passes early. Because I think it's just going to be natural. It's great that he's in practice and everything looks good, but you get you get the 300-pound the D lineman and these blitzing linebackers coming after you, and you, things change really quick. I mean, if I'm, if I'm Carolina and I'm Ron Rivera, I'm going to try to get as much pressure on Aaron Rodgers to test him early in that game as possible and make him very uncomfortable. Main reason I'm taking Carolina is because of what I saw last week, even though they beat Cleveland, that Green Bay team got completely manhandled by the Cleveland Browns, the worst team in football. The Packers, both their offensive and defensive fronts, got completely manhandled by the worst team in football. Carolina's overrated. Carolina, I don't know if nine and four. I mean, you know, if we talk about Tennessee being the most underwhelming eight-win team in football, I think Carolina might be the most underwhelming nine-win team in football. Neither one of these teams, I think, have played up to their record. But, you know, the Packers, it's going to be too much to take. I mean, if, if Aaron Rodgers does come back and do this, this will be very reminiscent to that year that Michael Vick was hurt. You know what year I'm talking about. Um, mm-hmm. And he came back, I think it was week 16. I think he came back with two weeks left to go. And it was just, I remember because we disagreed right away uh, on that pick because, you know, you said there's no way. There's no way this guy's coming back from what he's been through. And he came back and just electrified that team, and they ended up winning their last two team uh, two games in a completely done season. You know, they completely tanked without him um, in Atlanta that year. If Rodgers can come in and get this win, knowing that the Packers have to run the table, this is a playoff game. Because if Green Bay loses any one of their next three games, you have to assume they're done. If he can do this, it just you just put that right on put that right on the list of achievements when they enshrine him in Canton, um, being able to come back from the broken collarbone and just ball out against a very good uh, Carolina defense. But I think it's going to be too much. I don't, I wouldn't be taking Carolina. I mean, I wouldn't be taking green Bay, even if this was Brett Hundley. Uh, This just feels like too tough of a task for this team to handle. Yeah. If Rogers does pull it off, I agree with you. Uh, Absolutely, put it up there near the top of some of those achievements that he's had. Yeah, it's not. This is a tough spot. It's not like this is in Green Bay, and he got he gets the home crowd. He's got to go on the road into Carolina to save their season. All right, here it is, game of the year, game of the century. This happens every so often. You get the game that just the hype meter is is off the charts, oh, yeah. and both teams are are very highly thought of. And this one is late enough in the season where the stakes are very, very tangible. The winner of this game, pretty much, uh, in Pittsburgh's case, 100%, in New New England's case, very close to 100, locks up 
home field advantage throughout the playoffs in the AFC. So Pittsburgh Steelers at home and the New England Patriots on the road. New England at 10-3, and 6-1 uh, and one on the road. Pittsburgh at 11-2, and 5-1 at home. It's going to be a hell of a clash. And I don't know quite what to make of the line. Uh, New England coming off of a, an embarrassing loss to the Miami Dolphins. And Pittsburgh looking like they're getting stronger and stronger uh, every week, despite the Ryan Shazier injury. Obviously, that part is, is a big, big loss. But the offense coming together, coming off a of Ben Roethlisberger 500-yard game, I, I don't know what Pittsburgh would have to do, what more they would have to do to be favored <laughs> in this spot. But New England, as we discussed on the last show, are indeed the favorites. You, everyone loves New England. The Patriots give three points at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Jason, what's your pick? I'll tell you exactly what I thought when I saw this line. It's a trap! <laughs> they are begging. Vegas is begging you the degenerate gambler out there to take the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm not buying it. I am taking the New England Patriots. I'm giving the three, and I'll tell you why. Brady, first of all, Brady and Belichick have just completely owned the Pittsburgh Steelers over their career uh, together. So there's that. The Patriots are coming off of a loss. They're exceptional off of losses, so there's that almost double whammy element going against them. The the missing Ryan Shazier element for Pittsburgh is huge. I mean, Baltimore put 38 up on them. 38. I don't think the Patriots, and we know their defense is trash, but I know that this somehow, some way, Belichick is going to find a way to slow this thing down a little bit, make the make the Steelers kick a few field goals, and I think that Brady is going to be patient enough to take everything underneath and over the middle, and Gronkowski is back. I think all of that combined spells what, what people would consider. I guess it's not even an upset because they're the favorite, but this line is fool's gold, I think, begging people to go the way of Pittsburgh. Um, I don't know if this is just because the betting public is throwing all the money on New England. This thing opened pretty pretty favorably for New England as well. So I'm actually going to take the Patriots. I'm not buying it. I'm not falling into the trap of taking Pittsburgh here at home, although all signs would seem to point to them. I think underneath the surface, uh, this is more in tune with going with the Patriots. I also will take Belichick over Tomlin most of the time. I would just take Belichick over anybody almost all the time. Yeah. Now I'm falling into the trap. I'm, uh, I decided a while ago, a few days ago, that, look, I've talked about how Pittsburgh has been screwing us over, losing these games, Aww. losing these spread picks uh, to teams who are much lesser than they are. And they, yep. when they play a team that's going to be to their equal, that's going to measure up, they're going to get up for that game. Uh, they don't get up for the, those other games or the games against the lower teams that they don't think much of uh, anything about them, but they will be up for the New England Patriots. They will be up for this game. They have no choice. They're going to be at home. The place is going to be rocking. The crowd's going to be crazy. I'm sure the hype has been off the charts all week long. They got to be ready for this one. They got. If they're not ready for this game, they're not going to be ready for any game. So I, I guess I'm falling into that, that trap. I, I can't help myself. 
because it's it's a, it's a tough scene. We're caught in a trap. I can't walk out. It just feels like it's, it's, you've got a top team on the line that the Steelers are going to do what they have to do. Ben Roethlisberger is playing his hottest football right now. Uh, there's been a long season trying to get on on track with his targets, but it looks like he's gotten into shape. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster had been coming on as one of his top targets, got suspended for last week's game, so he just decides to trust his, his best guy, Antonio Brown, who's one of the best damn receivers in the game, uh, maybe one of the best receivers of all time when it's all said and done. And to, to have that kind of weapon, that oh-by-the-way weapon, you know, that guy as your wide receiver that you maybe haven't used as much as you wanted to all year, to pull that weapon out, uh, Tom Brady can't pull uh, an Antonio Brown out. And maybe Patriots fans will start calling in and, and, and having uh, gay sex phone calls and, and saying all sorts of really disgusting stuff. But uh, and, and trying to defend Tom Brady and saying that's why he's so great, because he hasn't had any one of that caliber except for Randy Moss his entire career. But the fact is, if Tom Brady gets into a shootout with Ben Roethlisberger, Ben has got Antonio Brown and, and maybe Martavis Bryant isn't uh, any better than anyone else on the uh, on the Patriots. Uh, but my point is, there's more weaponry with the Steelers. There's there's more top-notch play right now by Ben, as great as Brady's been this year. Uh, ben Roethlisberger last week showed that he's he can put up. Uh, 500 yards, you can put up whatever you need, and the, and the Patriots' defense, to me, is not is not the defense that's going to resist if Ben Roethlisberger wants to open up and put up uh, another monster game. Uh, it's going to be a great atmosphere. It's going to be a great game. We we always kind of laugh at some of these game of the year hype machine type games because yeah. you get all frothed up, froth lathered up, and then everyone is, is at a fever pitch. And then both team, both defenses are so keyed up that you can't really do anything against them for the first quarter or so because they're so jacked up and, and their their instincts are, are so high that they just go and, and smother everything you try to do and the game winds up being scoreless in the first quarter or something like that. So don't be surprised to see something like that uh, in this game as well. But uh, I just think Pittsburgh's not going to let down in this spot. I know New England always fights back off, uh, after a loss. And I know Shazier not being out there means that uh, there's not going to be any resistance when New England tries to run the ball. But I, I just I don't think New England's going to run that much uh, in, in this spot on the road. I think Tom Brady's going to get sort of caught up uh, in, in the atmosphere and they're going to try to throw maybe more than they should. Uh, and, and Pittsburgh's going to be able to, to uh, not totally shut down Tom Brady because really no one can do that. But uh, I, I got the Steelers. Uh, they're plus three, so they can actually lose the game and still cover and win the pick for me if, if it's a close enough game to lose by two or one. But I'm not trying to be cute like that. Uh, I do have Pittsburgh winning the game, uh, playing much better than uh, most people would have them play against New England, and then probably losing the next week to whatever scrub team they're playing. Oh, yeah. No, that's a given. If the Pittsburgh wins this game, <laughs> bet against them. Well, one, they'll be locked up for home field, so bet against them the whole rest of the year. Um, but yeah, I, I will say I picked the Patriots, but I want you to be right. I'm just saying. Gotcha. I, I understand. 
right, the rest of week 15 in even more or less detail, and we're starting with football tomorrow afternoon, which is why we're doing our picks Friday night instead of Saturday. The Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions. There's two division games tomorrow, and this is one of them, but the Bears, of course, are no, nowhere near division contention or playoff contention, but Mitch Trubisky looking good. Actually let him go and actually let him do some things last week. So 4-9 Bears, maybe with some momentum, but maybe not. They're five-point underdogs at the 7-6 and six still contending for a playoff spot, Detroit Lions. Yeah, there's a real compelling stat that I saw going into this game. Uh, the Bears have a losing record. I'm taking the Lions. <laughs> uh, the the bum slayers. No no bear whispering on on your part for that one. Uh, I still uh, I, this is one of my teams from uh, a couple weeks ago where I said let it ride. And this is and... mine. So we're going <laughs> at it. Going after each other. Yeah, I'll take Chicago into five points. I, I think Mitchell Trubisky can. Hang in there. They hung in there in week 11 uh, at home with uh, the Lions. The Detroit only beat them by three, uh, thanks to three touchdowns in the second quarter. So as long as the Bears avoid that huge second quarter this time, I think they can hang in there with the with the Lions. On to Sunday action. Uh, starting off with one of, I think, like five games where I didn't even care what the spread was. I just said, I got the, I got the favorite, and I don't care what the number is. Uh, so we'll, we'll, and, and and I was gonna go with one of those games as my lock of the week, and then I saw another line that was just so ridiculous I couldn't help it. And, and but we'll, we'll we'll get to all of that anyway. The New York Jets and Bryce Petty at, at five and eight, are uh, fifteen point underdogs. That is the biggest spread of the week at Drew Brees and the nine and four New Orleans Saints. It's not enough. Give me the Saints. Yeah. Yep, I concur. Don't think any more needs to be said. The five and eight Cincinnati Bengals, oy, uh, are, are they completely done? Is this Marvin Lewis's final hour? Finally, they are ten and a half point underdogs at Case Keenum and the ten and three Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, ugh. Ugh. <laughs> no, that's not enough either. I love Minnesota bouncing back this week. Uh, Case Keenum plays one. Not that great game, and they're all like, "Oh, oh, how how short's the leash for Case Keenum? Come on, come on!" I know they're anxious <laughs> to get Teddy Bridgewater back in there, but Minnesota is one of the elite teams in the NFC, and Case Keenum's had a big reason to do with that. I'll take Minnesota squish. Well, they're anxious to finally bust the Case Keenum bubble because they can't believe yeah. he's been playing this damn well. And I I get it, but you just gotta you know you gotta let it ride, so to so to speak, with him and. With anybody who's under center for the Vikings, because that's how great their offense has been this year. Remember how good Sam Bradford was early in the year? No one remembers for one him. game. For one well, game. <laughs> hey, no one thought he would he could even do that much, uh, but but he no. was good, and 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 Keenum's been good as well. So uh, I, I agree, it's not enough. That's also one of the games where I, I didn't care what the spread is. The Bengals are so done, and they got defensive injuries that they're they're so finished. That probably should have been my lock. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens at seven and six, uh, well on their way to that eight and eight that they seem to always be destined for, are seven point favorites uh, at the zero and thirteen. Still looking for that first win, Cleveland Browns. 
Yeah, I think the the Brownies are going to kind of do what they did last year. They're just going to keep showing that fight going into the season here late. They really had something going last week with the Packers and found a way to shit that away. Positive side, Cleveland goes to overtime this year, this week. I win the pick, so I'm going to take the Browns. <laughs> Don't think the Ravens are going to let the Browns out to a 14-point lead like the like the Packers did last week, even though – Cleveland's eventually wound up blowing that thing and blowing the pick. I'm I, not trying to say Baltimore's a great team at all, but they're a, a better quality team, I think, uh, overall than Green Bay right now. And I think they're going to handle the Cleveland Browns and, and beat them by seven. That's another one I said I, I got to take the I got to take the the, the the Ravens no matter what the spread is. I, I understand Cleveland keeps competing. They also keep losing in heartbreaking fashion. Oh. Eventually, that's. It's got to take a toll. Though. Yeah. It's yeah. They've done this to both of us all year. Both of us yeah. now. Uh, you got the brown fever this week, so you deal with it. Yeah. The Houston Texans at 4-9. and nine. Uh, Tom Savage is not available to get ignored by Bill O'Brien and, and lay down in the ground and just have seizures all over the place. Uh, he will not be able to get back up for this game, so it is all T.J. Yates uh, as they visit the Jacksonville Jaguars, Houston at four and nine uh, gets eleven points at the nine and four Jaguars. Yeah, now keep in mind, Bill O'Brien hates Tom Savage, and this is his backup. Oh man, I'll take Jacksonville squish. This is another one. I don't care what the spread is. I'll I'll trust Jacksonville. It's so hard to trust Jacksonville, but in in this spot, they they should absolutely dominate. Don't forget week one. Tom Savage, he's my guy. I'm going to start the season with him, and I, I'm going to yank him after one half of football because that's how terrible he looked against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And they had all that momentum. Remember, we're, we're fighting for Houston. J.J. Watt oh, yeah. runs out on the field with a flag, and everyone's feeling great about the Houston Texans. And one half later, everyone wants to kill the Houston Texans because they play like shit. I believe and he got, got sacked six times in the first half, I believe was the number. All over the place. Jags won 29 to seven. Yeah. And, uh, I think more of the same here. It yeah. seems to be predictable that the, the Texans can't protect and the Jaguars can rush the passer pretty well. If, so. if this was Tom Savage, this might've been my lock. <laughs> so teach those years. So you're saying there's a chance. TJ Yates might actually uh, do something. I guess we'll, we'll all find out at the same time. Philadelphia and the New York Giants, the Eagles at 11-2. and two. The impressive season rolls on with Nick Foles under center instead of uh, Carson Wentz, unfortunately for them. Still a very big line. They give seven and a half points at Eli Manning and the 2011 Giants. Yeah, I, I think that the Eagles will win, but I think just that added element of Carson Wentz's magic missing uh, – means that Nick Foles can be had a few times. I think that'll keep the game closer. So I will take the Giants to cover, but lose. I can understand that pick. I I still think that there's some residual from the whole Eli Manning, Ben McAdoo deal. I still think the Giants sort of, uh, it's another level of, of quit, so to speak, where you kind of look at your organization quit. Exactly. You kind of look around at your organization and go, what the hell? What, what are we oh, you doing? mean like the Browns do GM? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of like that. Um, 
I, I will uh, I'll take the uh, the Eagles in the seven and eight. That's another game. That's another one of those where I said I don't care what the spread is. I'm taking the Eagles. Uh, you want to parlay all these favorites? It's probably not well advised, but uh, you, you might want to look at that. Uh, this is actually a, a closer rematch uh, in week three, or they were, they played a closer game in week three at Philadelphia. They only won by three points during that game. But of course, the Giants have a lot more weapons back in week three, and they don't have many of those weapons anymore. So I, 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 Eli threw for 366 in that game. I want to see that again. I really would love to see him. You might not throw for that, that the rest of the year. Combined. That's right. Uh, much closer game now with all these big spreads out of the way. Uh, Miami and Buffalo in the AFC East. The Dolphins at 6-7 and seven are the cop-out line three-point dogs at the 7-6 and six Buffalo Bills. Yeah, Miami won their Super Bowl last week when they beat the Patriots in prime time. Yep, nowhere to go but down now, fellows. I'll take the Bills. Yeah, I concur with that. Uh, not believing in Miami after that big New England win. There's, there's truly nowhere to go but down. You said it. I, I can't put it any better than that. Kenyon Drake's impressing at running back, I'll admit that. So uh, there, there's something to watch there and see if he can keep that going. But uh yeah, I got the Bills. Tyrod Taylor's back in there. Nathan Peterman is not an option because he's concussed and he's not going to even be active for the game, and that's always a good thing. So I will agree with you and take the Buffalo Bills. Is uh, Am I still on the air? Because my computer you just are. completely froze on me. Um, luckily, I'm on the phone, so this, this would really be a, a yeah. problem if I was on the headset. But, yeah, my computer just decided to stop moving completely. No, we're still here. Um, all right. Moving on to Arizona versus Washington. The six and seven Cardinals are four point underdogs at the five and eight Washington Redskins. Yeah, I officially gave up on the Cardinals last week, so I will take the Redskins here. They're more explosive um, game that means nothing. Give me the Redskins here. Yeah, I was disheartened by the the Washington effort defensively. Uh, in in their last game, uh, I San Diego game or the yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah exactly oh, I did the it San Diego I Clippers <laughs> no you got it right the San Diego Clippers you're right yeah. um, it's one thing to get beat by the way Philip Rivers was doing it but Josh Norman uh, I don't want to say he looked like he was quitting out there but he Uh-oh. looked very frustrated at times let's just put it that way <laughs> I, I was, well frustration shows that you still care. Yeah, but turn that caring into actually pursuing the guy who's catching the ball instead of just looking at him and then looking back at your teammate and going, what? What happened, man? What? You were supposed to get him, man. Uh, so I was disheartened by that. I'm actually going to take Arizona in this wow. game. Usually, usually Kirk Cousins overcomes all of that, but uh, it seems like he's sort of – I think that team might be FedEx, uh, actually. I think uh, Jay Gruden's starting to lose that organization as <sighs> yeah. well. A lot of coaches, I think, are losing their teams and, and ready to get fired, like, really, really soon. Uh, and that's another one. I'm the, the, the computer is frozen so badly that I can't even see what time it is because the time is frozen. Oh. So uh, Well, we've got four and a half minutes. Yeah, don't let me ramble on and miss, uh, miss my picks. I don't know what time it is. Uh, moving on to the Rams and the Seahawks, which you specifically told me you didn't want to highlight because we've got a lot of Rams highlights the last few weeks. So we're going to back off of highlighting the Rams a little bit. But this is a huge, huge game for control of the NFC West. The 
little brother Rams at nine and four who already went to see uh, or, or hosted Seattle in week five and could not overcome and got beat by the Seahawks. Uh, they are two and a half point dogs at the eight and five Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I think, but for a drop there in the end zone at the end of the last game, the Rams would have the game and probably the division uh, mostly sewn up. I'm impressed with the Rams that they came through this sort of gauntlet that they just ran of all these tough teams that we've been highlighting, and they came through it admirably. I like them going to Seattle, who has a lot of problems, and they can get after Russell Wilson. Uh, I want to see if their defense has the patience, though, and the maturity that Jacksonville showed and not trying to get Wilson on the ground as much, but making him beat them with his arm. But I'm going to take the Rams here. Well, I'm impressed by the Seattle Seahawks' Legion of Boom disintegrating and turning into the Legion of Room, and uh, they they certainly did not look very well in losing to Jacksonville last week. But before that, as my computer just reset on me, so now I don't have any – Spreads. Uh, I've, I've lost everything. My computer just decided to take a shit on me right now. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, I'm impressed by Seattle overcoming that and, and and still holding up at home their their last home game against Philadelphia, who was a hot shit coming in. The Eagles just failed to take down the Seahawks, who everyone thought was ready to crumble and and lose their their spot as, as sort of the class of the of the NFC. And I'm going to take Seattle to rise up one more time and take down the Rams, who, like I said, they already beat earlier this year. Uh, Once again, going into Seattle, no matter how beat up they are, is such a daunting task. The Eagles couldn't do it, and I think they're a much more complete team than the uh, the L.A. Rams. So I don't think the Rams are going to be able to do it either. Uh, I wish I could move on to the next pick, but my computer took a shit on me. I don't believe this. This is ridiculous. Are you you restarting Uh, at the moment? The computer has decided to restart at the moment. Oh, yes. okay. Well, that's fortunate because it still says that you're logged on as the host, so the show isn't going to just terminate here in two minutes. We hope. We hope not. Uh, yeah, that would be good. It just it still shows you connected, which is really interesting. Uh oh, it's in the middle of a of, a, of an update. That's what. That's why <laughs> this is, this is live radio, folks. Oh my God. And we got a couple more picks to go, and I can't give them. Cause I well, don't know we're not going to get are. to them in 90 seconds, I can tell you that. This is when uh, pen, and, pen and paper usually <laughs> comes in pretty handy. Oh, boy. But people are like, what? What's that? In the old days, the real old days. Yeah. No, I, st- I stayed away from highlighting that game just because we've talked so much. It feels like we're talking about the Rams for a good reason, but it feels like we're highlighting yeah. the Rams every week. No, they aren't. I needed – I needed a break, and they have earned it, and they have been in, the, the, like I said, this murderer's row schedule that they're coming through. And I got to say, I, they came through it impressed. They could have, you know, they didn't just lose every game in that stretch and just look embarrassed. They 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 held serve. They, they played really well. Um, you know, they lost at Minnesota, and then they bounced right back. And, you know, I yeah, I actually can say that the Rams have, the Rams have shown me a lot a tough division matchup too the two teams that they know each other and they seem the rams always have seemed to have that number of the seahawks especially defensively so i think there's some hope here for the rams in this one i wouldn't be shocked if seattle won i don't have a ton of confidence in this pick uh, but i i think that you know maybe maybe it's just you know seahawks fatigue 
You know, because they've been winning that division. It's been them and the Cardinals for, what, better part of, seems like half a decade now at least. It's been pretty much mm-hmm. Cardinals, Seahawks, and the other two teams have been sort of garbage. So it'd be nice to uh, be nice to see see something new here. So maybe I'm just playing the narrative. But the Rams, I, I, I think it's 11. I think we're on the after show at this point. We are definitely Rams. on the after show. And and we're and we're still connected. So that is very very interesting. Uh, but the Rams' tough play versus the Seahawks over the years, I think you'll agree with me, sort of has led them up to this point now where they should be ready to sort of take over because they've always played yeah. the, the Seahawks tough, even when they were bad. Yeah. They still had that defense. You know, Aaron Donald has been dominant ever since he got in the league. Uh, and Robert Quinn can be dominated as, as well. Even when they were in St. Louis, they gave the Seahawks all they could handle and won some games against them. And, yeah. And Jeff so, Fisher. We, we, we used to joke that the only teams that Jeff Fisher could beat were his division. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, they, this should be the time when they took over. I, I I don't think they're quite ready yet. I think they're really really close to it, but I don't think they're quite ready. Uh, but but they maybe are, are more prepared to take over than uh, most teams would be in this spot because they've already been playing the Seahawks so tough. Yeah. But I just I, I guess I'm just impressed by the way Seattle held off Philadelphia a couple of weeks ago. Philly came at them too. It wasn't like. The Seahawks, you know, just embarrassed them and then sent them on their way. Philly came at them, and the Seahawks weathered the storm and actually uh, held on and, and just beat them. They won the game. They were the better yeah. team that day, uh, and I think they're going to do that against the Rams uh, on Sunday. Yeah. But I think it's going to be a really good game. Yeah, that first matchup was the one that really gave me the the urge here to not call this the Big Brother game because we always call we always call this you know the Big Brother game or jumping up and punching the bully in the mouth. The Rams, for all rights, should have beaten the Seahawks. I mean, they, they you know, very catchable ball of the Cooper Cup in the end zone wins that game at you know, and he dropped it, and that that, that was it. And Seahawks somehow you know, and you always get that shot of you know Pete Carroll running around on the sideline going woo. You know, it's like, oh, I, just, I don't want to see that anymore. I'm done. I don't need to see that anymore. Uh, I think that was sort of a microcosm, though, because Jared Goff had 288 yards in that game and no touchdowns. There's that yeah. drop. That that was obviously uh, would have been a touchdown, but yeah. no touchdowns, two interceptions. That's exactly what you do to your big brother when he thinks he's ready to come up and, and bite you. you. You give in a little bit, and he takes – what he can against you, but when it's crunch time, when it matters, you say, son, you're not ready yet. And that's what they did uh, in week three. And I think that's what they're going to do uh, in week five, I should say. And I think that's what they're going to do again on yeah. Sunday. But they're they're right there. The Rams are, make no mistake, they're right there ready to take over that division, probably starting next year. Yeah, definitely. Unless because Seattle's going to have that 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 defense is getting a little long in the tooth here. I mean, they're going to have to completely retool, and it's hard to retool. This is always that trouble when you have a team that's been good for a long time. It's always so amazing that the Patriots, you know, the way they retool every year, but they do it through like you know shrewd free agency maneuvering in the draft. Seattle's going to have to do this with the defense that's really just not what it was. I mean, you know, I, I call it the Legion of Room now, and that sort of has stuck. Um, if I start hearing that anywhere else, I'm going to become very critical. Uh, you know, people listening to our show stealing our material. 
my computer has restarted and I've opened up my Excel file for our picks. So I uh, can listen to the show and get all your picks going down the list. But since you're here, since we're talking to each other, I might as well just ask you and, and refill in all of these. It, it crapped out on me after the highlight game, so I don't have anything after those three. So. Oh, so nothing saved and it just decided to completely right. drop your picks. Okay. Yeah, so Chicago, Detroit, you had Detroit. I, I had Detroit. We never even got to either one of our uh, locks, I don't believe. I know we haven't we didn't gotten to yet. Um, New Orleans and the Jets, you said it wasn't enough. You had Not New enough. Orleans, That's right. Minnesota, I believe I agreed with Cincinnati. you on all the those big, those big double-digit spreads. I had them all. Uh, right. Cincinnati is playing. That's the Minnesota, you said. I wasn't Minnesota, enough. right. I had Minnesota. I only have my winners here that I keep notes on, so I don't have losers noted. <laughs> uh, Baltimore, Cleveland, you got the brown fever. I did, I yeah. Don't remind me. <laughs> Jags, Houston, you you said that's not enough. Because, it's not uh, enough. Tom Savage is uh, – and you said if Tom Savage was playing, that might have been your lock. Um, Philly and the Giants, you you got uh, – I took the points. In a stand? Yeah, I took okay. the points. I took the points with that, that Carson Wentz magic not quite being there, getting them that little extra over-the-top push. Miami and Buffalo is such a generic game. I have no idea who you had in that one. I took that. Buffalo. Okay. Yeah, because Miami can't come back. Miami can't bounce back from beating New England. That's right. Um, Arizona-Washington, I know you got the skins. Yep. Um, and then we got to Seattle and the Rams. And yeah. you are going with the Rams? The Rams. Okay. That brings us, so we got three games left, so anyone who uh, listened in through the after show, it's good, it's good that I gave the plugs at the beginning of the show for, for those who didn't know how to listen to the after show. So now here you are. You have to get our locks in these last three games in the after show. So I'm Although we could be ended, although we, I could be changing my lock if we agree. Uh, that's, that's still on the table. Um, that is amazing that the computer crapped out and restarted and the, the host site stayed connected because I'm the host site. I'm the guy that's, that's supposed yeah. to be the host and it, and it stayed connected the whole way. That is truly amazing. I don't know quite what to make of that. Um, that brings us to San Francisco hosting Tennessee where the eight and five Titans contending for a playoff spot are one-and-a-half-point underdogs at Janine Garoppolo and the way, way, way hikes to the moon at 3-10. and ten, They've made a believer out of me. Oh. I'm, a, I'm, I'm converted. I've converted over. To Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I told you they're going to run the table. He's going to be the most overhyped guy, and I'm going to back it up. Oh, give me the Niners, baby! Oh my God, and lock it in. Yes, I was all over this lock of the week. I love, love, love the Niners and Jimmy Garoppolo over the least impressive eight-win team in football. It's an eight-win team. It's still the 
two and whatever 49ers, was it three wins now? Wow, yeah. whoop de doo against it. That's still an eight-win team. That They're underdogs. They're an eight-win team, and they're underdogs at Janine Garoppolo. That's how much the hype has gone crazy for Janine Garoppolo. When I saw that line, my mouth hit the floor. I was like, are you fucking kidding? They're underdogs to the team? The Niners are crap. That team is garbage. I don't care how good Janine Garoppolo has been playing. I was going to take I was going to choose one of those five big point spread favorites and choose one, any one of them as my lock. Are we going to so much confidence in them? When I saw that spread, oh, no. I was like, come on, man. That's ridiculous. Of course I got the Titans as my lock. That's ridiculous that they're underdogs to Janine Garoppolo. Absolutely Well, ridiculous. if I'm going to go down in the locks, I'm going down fighting here, huh? And it's a hook on it, so – you have no choice. We are dueling to the death one way or the other. <laughs> That's fabulous. We don't do this very often. This is a rarity in the three years that we've been doing this, that we are opposed, not just, you know, that we have different locks. That happens all the time. We have the lock in the same game with the other team. And we don't discuss these before the show or anything like that. This is totally organic. I had no idea he was doing that when he, when I saw, I, oh, my God. No, I, I absolutely couldn't believe that. that. That's the most incredible point spread of the season, I think. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Just watch. Yeah. If, if, I mean, if the Niners, if the, they're going to make a believer out of you, too. <laughs> I'm, I, I'll have to convert to the church of Garoppolo uh, if they knock off the Titans. All of that team is terrible. Oh, we're getting a lot of run out of that drop here since Jimmy Garoppolo got traded. Both have our hands in the air exclaiming our our praise for the Lord and Savior, Jimmy Garoppolo, if he can knock off the Titans. All right, Sunday night football, after all of that, we have the two primetime games to go, or two of the three, I guess, this week. The Dallas Cowboys and the Oakland Raiders. That drop, that hallelujah drop, referred that, to a couple of Cowboys before it ever yeah. got to Jimmy Garoppolo. It was Dak Prescott's drop and yeah. uh, Sean Lee. And then Sean Lee, after everyone talked about how important he was to the team. and uh, They're both active, and so as a result, the Cowboys are favored, uh, even though Zeke Elliott still isn't there. This is the last week of his suspension, so... The seven and six Cowboys lay three points at the six and seven Oakland Raiders. Yeah, I, I the Raiders just—they're still hanging around. I mean, theoretically, mathematically, they still have a chance, but they can't keep. And I'm late to the party on this one, but they can't keep expecting good results when Amari Cooper's not there and, and Crabtree's been banged up and, it, and the defense is garbage. It's just going to be really hard for the Raiders. It, the most disappointing team for me. I had them going to the Super Bowl. I was really high on them coming out of last season. I really liked what Oakland was doing and just been such a major letdown, uh, the step backwards that they've taken this year. And, uh, boy, I, that whole division, that whole AFC West, is bleh. I got, so I got to take the, I got to take the Cowboys here. I mean, you know, Dak Prescott's there. Sean Lee's back. 
Uh, he's got uh, Tyron Smith back. He's got his offensive line mostly put back together again. I think that's enough to take care of Oakland on the road. Wait, Sean Lee's back? Hallelujah. All right. Um, now I I understand Amari Cooper's not there. That's their best receiver. But, hey, Michael Crabtree has emerged maybe as uh, the, the better receiver, at least this year. So maybe they won't miss him quite as much. I'm going on a feeling with this one. I'm going to take the Raiders. This is the oh. last, is the last yeah. time they go in Oakland, so to speak. It's their last home game before they move out to Vegas or wherever the hell they're going next year. I think it's going to be one of those wild atmospheres. It's going to be one of those type of nights where the, the Oakland Raider Nation just gets painted up and goes crazy. There might be a couple of fans run on the field and, and break some bottles. or It might be one of those type of nights. So uh, just on a hunch, I'm going to go with the Raiders in that one. Uh, Monday night, the Atlanta Falcons at eight and five, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at four and nine, and then NFC South matchup, and the Falcons will lay six points at the Buccaneers. Yeah, very tempted I was to take. This is my lock of the week as well. I love the Falcons in this matchup. I don't think Tampa Bay offers up a whole lot of resistance here. We saw what we saw what Matt Ryan and that offense did to Tampa Bay down in the dome a few weeks ago. I mean Julio Jones. It had that monster day with Mohamed Sanu throwing him touchdowns and all that room he had running around on that pretty pretty crap secondary. Atlanta has really turned the corner here over about the last six weeks. Um, their offense has been playing better. Their defense, do we re- do, do realize this is like the number seven ranked defense in the league? The Atlanta Falcons, a team that we always talk bad about as far as their defense goes, and Yes, we did point out in the last show, even though by it's the slimmest of margins, they have given up the least amount of points in that division. Um, but they're also not giving up the the big yardage and the chunk yardage like they used to. I think this is a team that might be actually rounding into playoff form um, and really needs to win basically what amounts to two out of these last three games to pretty much guarantee a playoff appearance. I think they really take a big step forward here this week start to take a stranglehold over that last wild card spot and still make themselves relevant in the division. I love the Falcons on Monday night. I completely concurs the sixth of the big spreads that I said, and I don't care what the spread is. I'm taking the favorite. The Falcons are absolutely rounding in the form. And I, I was not aware of just how good they were on defense, but yeah, I, I do have a, a, a I do get a, a kick out of watching them. They are fun to watch. They do fly around. Uh, they are fast and quick to the ball and, and fast and quick to, to cover the ball when it gets thrown out into into the open field. You, you don't get a whole lot of big plays against them because they're so fast to the football. It's really hard to, to get a, a bunch of chunk plays on them. So, uh, yeah, they're they're getting better and better, uh, and I, I will agree and take them. Of course, I, I've got my bias against the Dolphins and the Buccaneers not having yeah. any bye weeks because of the week one thing. So, uh I've been tell, telling you I'm going to short them all the rest of the year, and I can't imagine picking either one of those teams the rest of the way. So I, I definitely agree with you on this one. Yeah, I was definitely on that one. Falcons, number seven defense in the league, uh, which is just mind-blowing for what we normally think of that team. Uh, you know, out there, we just think of them as getting just annihilated all the time. They're number seven. They're going up a team that against a team in Tampa that's 31st on defense. That might get ugly real quick, just like like you said in week 12 when Atlanta pretty much opened up a can of whoop-ass on Tampa Bay. Yeah, Tampa scored some late garbage time stuff to keep that score from looking like 
you know, major blowout territory, but Atlanta had them pretty well handled, and I think it'll happen yeah. again. I think I know what happened to my computer. God is smiting us for having people call in and, and proposition gay sex or, or talk about having <laughs> I don't sex. know. What the, the, yeah, the, the, the draft party. What uh, the fuck is going on, man? Woo. I don't. I don't know what it is about our show that's attracting that, or maybe that's uh, maybe it's all podcasts have to deal with it. It's been a long time. I mean, Sebastian was like first first season. Like that was really a long time ago. Yeah, I but this one was interesting because it started ago, off as a, like it started off as like a semi normal phone call. Although it started off with Mike Mitchell. Uh, uh, that's what I was to understand. And, and legitimate, Mike, Mike, uh, Mike Mitchell. Like, wow, you're really looking for a goat. And not in the good way here, but you're really looking for a goat on that defense. That defense has given up points to everybody and been pretty bad most of the year. And we're going to let's just blame Mike Mitchell for everything. Uh, at the risk of, I guess, encouraging him, I'll say that he had me fooled. That was, uh, that was a nice oh, yeah. soft setup there. I had no idea he was going to launch into what he launched into. So that was, uh, he definitely had his fool. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, not. I've never been to a draft party like that before. I can tell you that. I don't know exactly what you get out of doing that to to somebody, uh, as far as that call. Come on, but, we, we are we we listen to the score for years. Yeah, but Jesus Christ, I don't know what they got out of it either. <laughs> when they would call and say stupid shit, I don't know what they get out of it. Uh, well, I, I, you know, I figured we were, I figured we were just getting all the calls because it's such a big game, and we get you know we get Bryce from Brooklyn, you know, come back out here. Um, always good when he calls in, and we get another call right away. He wants to talk about the same game and a lifelong Pittsburgh fan, and and then, yeah, and then oh my God. Never more fitting. Never more fitting for that sound drop than after that call. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Again, whatever you get out of that, dude, if that's what your life has come to, then congratulations. Uh, I I don't understand. (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't know. What's the matter, Ronnie? Masculine itching? How'd you know? <laughs> when I experience masculine itching, I reach for extra strength, Itch Stopper Plus. How does it work? When your body heats up, Ronnie, enzymes mixed with bacteria can cause unsightly discomfort. Boy, howdy. But with just two fingers of the patented oily bomb applied to the affected area, you can get and skip the stuff you don't want to see. You doing that? I was trying to stop it. I think you and I were both oh. trying to stop it at the same time. <laughs> no, I wasn't oh. clicking on it at all. Okay, that was just that. I was just messing. You know, I'm tired. I was up late last night. <laughs> yeah, that was never more appropriate than tonight, too. <laughs> yes, boy, howdy. <laughs> yeah, that that is absolutely. Uh, I'm speechless. I, I no, don't... I, 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 I honestly, I'm honored. It means we have ascended into. Late night sports talk phone calls. Is that is that an ascension? <laughs> it is an ascension. We've uh, made it. We have made it. One way of looking at it. The only thing that we're missing is the drop button. You know, with the with the three, so we're not on regular radio with the three second delay, so we could just hit the drop oh. button and then get rid of the caller real quick. 
and nobody would have had to hear that. Yeah. That, yeah. That would have been optimal. Yeah. So yeah, much easier to call into a podcast and you know, and just kind of lull us to sleep talking about Mike Mitchell and then start <laughs> talking talking about uh, some shenanigans uh, going on at your place. And then some other dude walked in. I was I, I, the morbid I curiosity, know. like, where is this going? But I was like, no, I, what, good, I, goodbye. I think you and I, I probably yeah. both hit the X at the same time. Oh, okay. I, I, I definitely hit the X. I, didn't I hit the X too. Well. That was oh, okay. yeah, because I yeah, that was a race to the X. At first, <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's good to know that we were both on on top of that. Yeah, that's what I get for interacting with a caller. Um, yeah. Mike Mitchell, Mike Mitchell's going to end up in the hall of infamy for that reason. Maybe <laughs> just for that goal, just for that reason. Cause some, some poor guy thinks that Mike Mitchell's the whole reason why that Steelers atrocious defense sucks. Yeah. Have you noticed that he's, he's always making a penalty or, or getting lit up? Have, have you noticed that? I mean, how do you notice that when you're too busy getting blown? Yep. <laughs> Ah, all right. Uh, well, since you were talking about how long of a week you've had, how tired you were, I'd, uh, we could get to this one small oh, yeah. topic. And, and yeah, I was, I, I got, I got to bed last. Night. I, I'm getting too old for this shit. That, that's what I realized. <laughs> like this late night movie stuff. I got to bed last night like two thirty, and I was up oh. at six. Oh, I am beat. I never yawned so hard in my life driving home from work. That's a very, very short night to go get up and go back, go right back. To yeah, work. and I get to go to bed after the show tonight and get up at six. <laughs> and then do it all over again. Do it all over again. But I'm off Sunday, so I, I do end up with, uh, I have to, weird, weirdly this month, I end up with three Sundays off in a row, which is just almost mind-blowing for the type of work that I'm in, you know, being in retail, that you get three Sundays off in a row. So... Uh, last week vacation, this week just a day off, and the next week's Christmas Eve. I don't have to work, so I'm going to enjoy that. Do you have anything you needed to get to on uh, on our show before we? Oh no, not tonight, not tonight. I, I'm I'm barely here as it is. Well, I, I, it's taken well, like everything I have to stay like because my eyes are like half open right now. Yeah. I was going to do the one small sort of annual tradition that, oh, we, sure. that we do if you Uh-oh. grow up for that. Uh, the I, tradition where I, where, where I read off to you the five newest inductions to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and you oh, okay. disinterest yeah. in, in, in most yes, of the acts. I'll give or... you my complete disinterest <laughs> in anybody who's in it. Because everybody who's good is in, see? Uh, mostly. You can argue that. Mostly. They put Run DMC in the hall, didn't they? Yeah, they put NWA in, I think, last year. So <laughs> well, for yeah, what? Really... Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Is it just, the, the, yeah, just call it the rock and roll pioneers that is NWA. Yeah. Okay. Well, what, what, what have we got? Because I have no idea who's in. I know. That's that's. Why it's always fun to read. I, I know I you. Pay, I pay zero attention to this. Right. So 
let's see what you think of this year's class. Uh, you say everyone good is in, so we'll see if you think these guys are any good. Okay. Bon Jovi is a Hall of Famer. What do you think of Bon Jovi? Uh, <laughs> you just do this for my reaction. I, um, yes, I love your reactions. <laughs> That's exactly why I do it. You know, you almost have to put them in. I mean, they have they have the tenure. I mean, they have the career. It was a long one. It wasn't that great. They were very relevant. They were very popular. So, yeah, okay. I could see Bon Jovi in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I definitely can see him in. You know, and, and I'm not going to try to break down the technical aspects of who's a great guitar player, because I really don't know. But yeah. Uh, if you're just talking about rock music that was good, that you listen, that it came on the radio and you said, "Hey, yeah. I like that song," Bon Jovi. Yeah, my 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 most relevant memory as far as it pertains to us with Bon Jovi would be when I was living oh, in I Chicago with you, and we're driving, looking for just just looking for a place to eat because we're tired of eating at all the same places. And I picked you up from you know from from your work, so I picked you up at the train, and we were looking for a place to eat. And song starts playing on the radio, and it's the guitar, the real light guitar intro to One of Dead or Alive. And you're like, wow, what the hell song is this? I'm like, what's One of Dead or Alive? And you're like, well, I don't know what song this is, but I'll tell you what it's not. It's not One of Dead or Alive. <laughs> and then, like, it then breaks into the song, and you're like, oh, <laughs> it's One of Dead or Alive. I'm like, well, see, that's what you get for doubting me there. And I'm not really like a Bon Jovi guy either. So, but that was that was just one of your typical, you know, the, the hubris to just, oh no, I yeah. know what this is, and it's not that. <laughs> very, very typical a, Dre moment. <laughs> whatever billions of songs out there that have been made, I know what song this isn't. Is not one of Dead or Alive. Yeah, I. Did you know I don't have any. Uh, going right away, didn't you? Oh yeah, I, I don't have any explanation for why I did that. I just. Uh, I really felt strongly that it wasn't one of Dead or Alive, and it was. So. They're, they're Rock and Roll Hall of Famers because they can completely fool me on the start of a song that yeah. I should have known. And, and there's, there you go. There's a, there's a story that we've I don't think ever told on the show, and and and, and Bon Jovi made it happen. And any story that embarrasses me is always a good story. That was a pretty good uh, one, though. I still remember that one. <laughs> oh, I, I definitely. Every time I hear that song, like "Help Me at Work," that'll <laughs> start playing on Pandora. And I'll be thinking in my mind, I don't know what song this is. I know what it's not. <laughs> it's not one of dead or alive. No, oh, I'm glad I could make that memory for you. Thank you. Uh, what do you think of the cars? Played <laughs> at my wedding. <laughs> the cars are rock and roll hall of favors. What do you think of the cars? Boy, they really had that run, didn't they? Early mid '80s. I mean. Especially with the whole music video area era, era beginning, and they had all those like crazy, very, like high concept, very overly visual, um, kind of silly music videos too. And that was, God, yeah. You, you I, might think it's a classic video, man. You might think. I mean, I, I guess sure. I could. Why not? I mean, they're obviously, you know, they're 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 mining the bottom of the barrel. Bon Jovi, not so much. I see Bon Jovi's. <laughs> Bon Jovi's a little surprising from the standpoint that they weren't in already. So I was yeah, a little more stunned by that one. I, I'm, I'm, I was, but the cars, yeah. Might as I well. Think you're, 
you're eligible 25 years after your first recording. So oh, they actually have requirements? They, they do. Oh, shit. Do. So I think maybe I Bon Jovi, uh, I think 83 may, might, might have been their first recording. So I think this might have been yeah. their first year of eligibility. <laughs> first ballot Hall of Famers. First ballot Hall of Famers, Bon Jovi. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Oh, man. But there's still somebody out there who wouldn't give it to him just because nobody can get in unanimously. Is this like Cooperstown now? That's right. Somebody is saying that since somebody, Greg Maddox somebody or, or since Greg Maddox on their Hall of Fame ballot, you know. Right. Since Nolan Ryan wasn't the first ballot or, or wasn't a unanimous choice, nobody can be a unanimous choice. But I wonder, you know these writers have to get together and be like, yeah, yeah, don't worry, I'll be the guy. Because then if everybody thinks they're the guy who's going to leave Greg Maddox off the ballot, he doesn't get in, and then it's like some travesty, right? So you know they all, all got right. together. And I like, thought okay. you were going to leave him off. Oh, man, I thought you – oh, man. Yeah, you're, you're you right. They Greg probably Maddox do. got 16% of the ballot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, you, you're going the other way. I thought you were going that uh, everyone thinks that the other guy is going to – leave them off so they go ahead and vote for him and then they all wind oh, okay. up voting for him by accident oh they accidentally so unanimously put somebody in who deserved it anyways right i thought you were oh. going to be the one to snub him oh no i thought you were going to be the one no, but i like your idea better that they all snub him just to make sure and that he doesn't get in at all yeah that it becomes like, like a national trad you know tragedy how did greg maddox only get 20 percent of the vote um the the cars their their music was fine and oh. I I think Rick Ocasek should be a, a rock and roll Hall of Famer by himself for being that ugly and marrying a supermodel so uh, I, I he turned it <laughs> he turned my respect just for for that that is one ugly motherfucker right there yeah yeah Good you, know, you go back that. to you go back in time. You know, you go back before like music videos and everything. You see some of the old rockers. Yeah, they were they, they were they were clearly more interested in musical talents. Where we seem to be less inclined to be interested in that these days. It's all got to be packaged and pretty. There were five inductees. Uh, there's one more from that '80s uh, music video era that uh, we're probably going to enjoy, but I don't know about rock and roll infamy Hall of Fame oh, all-timer, no. but. Uh, Dire Straits is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, actually, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that that is a definitely uh, very good. No, Dire Straits okay. had a career uh, that was that predated sort of that Money for Nothing era. That was actually right. you know they had really good, um, very solid albums all through the '80s. I actually have uh, that Dire Straits plays pretty regularly on on my playlists and. They have a lot of good songs, so I, I yeah, I, I am definitely um, going to say that that is a worthy addition with Dire Straits. Sultans of Swing, Money for Nothing, Brothers in Arms, tons of good songs. Um, yeah, up and down the line. Somebody got Jason's respect. Wow. Well, <laughs> I didn't completely shit all over somebody in this. <laughs> this just took a very dark turn. <laughs> Somebody actually got Jason's respect in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That is shocking. Uh, uh, this this act may also get your respect, but I have to admit, I don't know anything about them. It, it's not my my over. Oh, okay. 
the Moody Blues are Rock and Roll Hall of Famers. What do you yeah. know about the Moody Blues? No, Moody Blues, but that's six. That's the that's like sixties, sixties, seventies. You know, their eighties stuff was really shitty. So I think they're getting in for like this is almost like a veterans committee uh, type move because this is like a late sixties kind of psychedelic early type rock band and. You don't know the Moody Blues, you know, Nights in White Satin, you know, stuff like, you know, songs like that. Um, okay, I vaguely re- remember that. Yeah, I mean, if you listen to any of the classic rock stations, you'd get a bunch of a bunch of Moody Blues, and then they kind of had a little resurgence with, the, with, with like with some real fluffy pop rock, you know, in the in the eighties that was really really bad, um, you know. In your wildest dreams, kind of crappy songs like that. No, their early stuff was really good, and their late stuff was the fluff that I'm sure is probably putting them into the Hall of Fame. But no, good, good selection. I actually saw the Moody Blues in concert with Chicago um, at Poplar Creek, which doesn't exist again. Which doesn't exist anymore. It was one of the last shows ever at Poplar Creek. It was the Moody Blues and Chicago. Um, and it was a good show because anytime you get one of those shows where they're doing two bands, you're really only going to get their best stuff, right? They're not going. Yeah, they're not going to go forever. deep tracks. I remember you and I had this conversation. I don't know if it was on air or off air about Chicago. Like you did not realize like the volume of of Chicago's you know sort of like discography of how much music they had that you didn't even attribute to them until you you know. Yeah, we sort of discovered that with your show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, years ago. It was probably on the show, but it's been been a long time. No, it was maybe a year after I moved down, first moved down here. So this is 2012 to 2013. Uh, The reason we were discussing it is because I saw Chicago Mm. here in Memphis with my wife. And half the songs that they played when it started, I said, I know that song. I like that song. I didn't know Chicago made that song. I like that song. So, yeah, it was just the whole night was, hey, I like that song, too. I didn't know that was Chicago. I had no idea. So, yeah, it, but probably the yeah, same thing would happen with the Moody Blues. Yeah, and a lot of that early Moody Blues stuff, very, like, you'd, you'd expect to hear it. it. It's very psychedelic, not psychedelic, trippy, like, you know, like acid rock. In a Gata de Vida? No, not quite that bad. It, it, but not quite as like Renaissance fair, like Jethro Tull sounding. Right. You know, but sort of more in between. Like if you could take some flowery hippie rock and kind of like meet it halfway to that Renaissance festival, Jethro Tull sound, it, that's where the Moody Blues kind of fall in the middle. Okay. All right. Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll have to get on Spotify and check them out. Yeah, no, some of my, some of my, I, Moody Blues probably have a few songs that would be considered some of my favorite songs. So, so that's two acts that got respect from Jason. Yeah, this is this is unbelievable. I'm just, I'm and one of them I saw play live, and one of the acts you saw play live. Yeah, how about and that? Would, you know, and if I had the opportunity, I would have seen um, Dire Straits or Mark Knopfler, who was there. Their 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 lead singer guitarist who also had a solo career, but very like one of those solo careers you don't really know about unless you know about it. Okay. No no major you don't know about unless you know about it. You'll know about it unless you actually know about it. 
You wouldn't go out seeking it. That's also the beauty of Spotify and you know Pandora and those things. Oh yeah, uh, I would uh, on that same vein. I would recommend uh, any fans of the time would be well inclined to go find uh, the lead guitarist Jesse Johnson and his uh, very brief solo career, which was uh, again you wouldn't know it unless you knew it. I guess right. Uh, that, that fits uh, that fits him as well. <laughs> my new yeah, saying. I'm, it's my new saying. <laughs> you don't know it. Unless you know it, it's very Yogi Berra like. You wouldn't know it unless you knew it. So yeah, no, you've actually stumped me this year because, uh, this, like you said, the show has taken a, a dark and mysterious turn. That <laughs> I actually have respect for two of the bands, and, you know, and the other two aren't like garbage. Yeah, I didn't. Think I they think were. the Cars, the Cars, might be my weakest link here. Hmm. I, I respect all all four of those. I, I don't like. I said I don't know the Moody Blues stuff, but I know yeah. that they're a very well, famous uh, band. Yeah, you can jump on Spotify and play their top five or ten songs and be like, okay, you know, I don't know if it's quite for you. There's maybe some that you'd like, and yeah, you never know. That's true. Now, the the fifth inductee, oh. you'll totally knock me off the chair if you know anything about this person's music. Because it's a, a woman, and it's a oh. black woman, and I don't oh. know any of her shit. Okay. So, this is really uh, obscure, but uh, it, it's funny. Actually, uh, my wife just saved uh, as one of her favorites uh, a documentary on uh, on, on our, our cable channel about this woman. So we're, we're going to eventually real soon find out a lot more about her, but at the moment, I know nothing about her, but she is – an inductee into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Do you know anything about Nina Simone? The name sounds familiar. Like I've heard right. it before. And that's about right. it. Yep, that's all I got to. So Okay, yeah, so it's not like it's like I've never heard of her. Like, who? Mm-hmm. But then it's like, what did she sing? Did, what no did idea. she do? Yeah, not so... Enough. Boy, this, this this feels like one of those Veterans Committee NFL Hall of Fame picks where the guy's career highlight was he had three and a half tackles in a Super Bowl. <laughs> now he's a Hall of Famer. Or on the, the, on the heels of Run DMC and NWA and whatnot, this feels like a diversity pick. It's a like diversity pick, yeah, yeah. Four um, white bands and let's throw a oh, yeah. woman in. Very white. I mean, that is... <laughs> Four lily white bands and Nina Simone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Is it, I guess it's too early to just put like an actual diversity rocker, like like you know, put Lenny Kravitz in there or something. You know, uh, he might not have twenty five years again. They uh, have the, standards, Jason. They have gotta standards. be. He has got to be close. Lenny Kravitz. No, well, so no, twenty five years ago would be nineteen eighty three, eighty two. Lenny Kravitz might not have no, been no, an no, adult. No. 25 years ago would be 1992. We're that old. Oh, my math is totally off. Okay, never mind. Uh, <laughs> We're that old. We're that <laughs> I was about to say, in 1982, Lenny Kravitz was still running around with his mother on the set of the Jeffersons. Uh, so I don't think he was old enough. But no, 92, I, but he yeah. Yeah, just, you know, when was, when was he doing... You know, you know when, uh, when he be, you know, like it got to fly yeah, early, away, fly away right. in American early nineties sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. early mid nineties. So, but we get Nina Simone. Everybody goes, who? Who? Yeah, 
But at this point, just put the wrapper in. Which wrapper? Eddie. Put in hammer. <laughs> I'm sure that's put probably young, coming. Put in, put in young MC. Okay, if they get to one-hit wonders, then we know it's completely different. <laughs> what the? Nina Simone, Nina Simone is the no-hit wonder. It's a, <laughs> Well, the Moody Blues might be no-hit wonders. How many chart hits do the Moody Blues have? I don't know. Like I said, a lot of the stuff that they had, that well, they had their their their, their charted in the 70s. That's more of stuff like in the 70s when they were known. I don't know how much top 40. And then they had their stuff right. in the 80s, which, like I said, was kind of like they tried like a lot of bands that sold out in the 80s. But well, we can name a lot of bands that sold out that were rockers in the 70s who sold out a, a more pop uh, friendly version in the 80s. I mean, Genesis, right? I mean, that was a oh, yeah. that was a progressive rock band in the 70s with a real unique style that all of a sudden turned into you know pop Invisible fluff. Bush. Yeah. So, yeah, tons of bands sold out. We just for, talked about one of them for, uh, in an, in another Hall what? of Fame inducted a couple of years ago. We just talked about yes. Oh. <laughs> You know, owner of a lonely heart, owner of a lonely yeah. heart, and all that. Yeah, and uh, that's about every, that's about all anybody knows. Even though they had a really deep catalog that went back into the '70s, and then somebody, you know, it gets to be the '80s and the and the era of the music video, and every, all these bands to become relevant changed their style and kind of sold out. Um, you know, for that for that sound. Duran Duran and. Oh, yeah, well, Duran Duran was always kind of that way. Although I've actually grown to appreciate Duran Duran. I'm, I'm a fan as well. A, a I, band I, that I actually know. didn't care for at the time. Yeah. And, you know, it was one of those where I was, you know, again, you're going through and you, you're you going through your Spotify or whatever. If I found the Duran Duran greatest hits and I, I listened to it, I was like, well, this is really good. <laughs> but but over the time it was out, I didn't care for it at all. Right. Yeah, the, the hungry like the wolf uh, that that can that can grate on you after a while. <laughs> we would, you know, I think some of it for us, you know, because we grew up with radio, where you had to listen to the radio, and you couldn't just listen to what you wanted to on demand. So you grew up with Top Forty and and B ninety six and Z ninety five and all those stations and probably again. Yeah, with the, <laughs> we can't stay away from it. We're talking about the eighties yeah. right now, so it's it's gonna come up and. Uh, you know, unless you were doing like, you know, classic rock, you know, like CKG or, you know, back at the time, I think it was like Q101 before they really went like pop heavy. Um, right. You listen to the stations, you, you, top 40 became so, you know, saturated. You heard the same songs over and over and over and over. You just got sick of them. I wonder was it always like that. It definitely was like that when we were kids. So I wonder if it was like that before. I don't know. I, I, I don't know how it is now. It I just been. don't. I don't listen to any live radio or any top forty. I don't have to. Well, imagine being in the fifties or sixties, and, and they they probably played Elvis like literally every ten minutes. You know, they they play one song by Elvis and then something else, and then another song by Elvis and then something else, and then yeah. another song by Elvis. It's a, it probably was even worse because there was even less choice back then. So, as bad as it was when we were kids, it, I, I'm guessing it was actually worse. Right, so so you end up revisiting that music once you get the bad taste of how overplayed it all was from when you were, you know, just so sick of it from when you were a kid, and you go back and you're like, you know, some of this stuff wasn't that bad. 
But yeah, N- N- the Nina Simone is a what? I, I got nothing. I, like I said, I put just put Hammer in. He at least had like two songs, right? <laughs> he had he had he had don't touch this or can't touch this, and he don't. had uh, too legit to quit. And he had a big fan in in our high school who had had it scrawled across his back. Remember? Can't uh, touch our, this. Our, don't. Our, yeah. Our, <laughs> Our guy can't touch this don't. <laughs> cool Papa Bell. Come on. Uh-huh. I, oh. Yeah. <laughs> wonder, wonder what old Cool Papa Bell is up to these days. We're probably laughing at a guy that was, like, seriously mentally challenged. Oh. Or something because the, the guy, he I, I can't even describe him. Well, he got he got busted listening. for he, well. We speak, you know, we we talk about you know. We might as well just get it out there. The guy got busted for you know. Yeah. Um, uh, what's the word? The uh, pleasing, uh, yes, pleasing himself in the science mm-hmm. lab. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if it was yeah, something, chemistry. There's something wrong with him. There's definitely something yes. wrong with him. But no, be, even before yeah. that, before that, he was known for. <sighs> Having such terrible uh, uh, bodily habits oh, yeah. uh, or yeah. bodily odor that teachers yeah. would present him with gift baskets of deodorant and soap. <laughs> um, the the that t-shirt that he had that he had this stuff scrawled on his back was like the only shirt he wore. He probably broke his hell. Uh, that's all the, the only clothes he wore were his gym clothes, and this was his gym shirt that he had scrawled on the back of it. His last name was Bell. I don't think his first name was William. It might have been, but uh, well, maybe it, yeah, because he had William Cool Papa Bell written across his the back of his gym shirt. Yes, and underneath it, it had the words "Can't touch this, don't." And that's exactly verbatim what it said. What that meant, I really don't know. No, but he was uh, he was infamous in our eyes. We will never forget meaning. him. Yeah, it had meaning to him. It did. Him and the, and the voices in his head. Yeah. No, and he was definitely, yeah, without making fun of the developmentally challenged or mentally disabled, he definitely was it had issues. And like you said, eventually got uh, thrown out of school for masturbating in chemistry class. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It's a tough way to go. Thankfully, I didn't see that. I wasn't. I, thankfully, I wasn't in a room for that. No. <laughs> Can't imagine what the reaction would have been. <laughs> you just look over. Oh my god! Like what? What, dude? What? What the hell are you doing? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> How the hell did we get on Cool Papa Bell? I, um, I thought about him and you. We were talking about Hammer. We were talking about Hammer. <laughs> Can't touch this. Don't. Can't touch this. Don't. <laughs> it's kings of non sequitur, folks. Don't. I have got oh. three hours of sleep. This could get much worse. <laughs> Yeah, we should probably call it right there before we, before we get in any more trouble. Yeah, I, I need to have enough energy so I can go upstairs, plug in my headphones, and find out who the hell Nina Simone is and why she's in the <laughs> Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There you go. Homework assignment, folks. And, and me and my wife will watch this documentary sometime soon. And There's a documentary? I'll, I'll, that's what I was telling you. On, on yeah. our cable system, we're going through movies and she's saving these that. different movies to watch later and that was one of them was a documentary about Nina Simone. She's, she's dead? I, I don't know. I don't know anything about her but apparently she's important enough to warrant a documentary. 
in the Hall of Fame and be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And also be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame at the same time. Wow. She she, she did something. I don't know what, but she I did guarantee something. you, I guarantee you I look her up. Uh, there will be a song and you'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. That's her. That Maybe. Uh, but if there's like, I, I, I doubt there's going to be like 10 of them. Right. I mean, you know, she had that's... a big afro, and I, I think she was, I think she was involved in like the civil rights movement or something like that. But ah. I, but the I, other four, looked... the other four entries had very, very sort of like voluminous, you know, right. History. So I would I, hope I, so. They're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We, come on, I've crapped all over him before. Uh, this year, we didn't crap on him so bad. Yeah, I was shocked about that. But yeah, you're, you're not going to have one-hit wonders in there. It's, yeah. uh, MC I mean, Dyer's going to get in has to get in just for Walk of Life, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, if, if we're if we're doing a vote, then they're in for Walk of Life, of, yeah, of course. For the for the for the baseball videos bloop, uh, baseball bloopers music video. That's right. <laughs> But yeah, MC Hammer, you joke about that. He's going to get in one day, and it's not going to be just because of "Can't Touch This Don't." He he also, in his own way, had a sort of voluminous career. He had a whole bunch of different pers- oh, yeah. pers- per, uh, personas and personas. He tried he tried to be hard. He tried to go gangster for a while. It didn't really yep. work out. But uh, <laughs> but he, he tried a lot of stuff. He had a lot of out. Al- he had a you know he had a career. He had a lot of albums out, and he had a lot of hit songs. So well, that's why I'm if, saying. If, I mean, if NWA's in, he's going to get in someday. If somebody, yeah, if somebody tells me, Vanilla Ice might get in someday. Oh, yeah, I know. But you, you open up rap, you got to look at all these guys. I'm telling you. Yeah, and he'd be at about that point. I mean, you know, he'd be about what ninety, ninety one, Vanilla Ice. Yeah, uh, that was the the same time. Uh, you can't touch this, and uh, Ice Ice Baby was the summer of 1990. Believe me, I, okay, I remember yeah. it well. <laughs> Moment that I'm uh, happy and proud of of you, are you is getting near yeah. the top of the charts is now I'm disappointed as hell because Ice Ice Baby is just top. Are you on Netflix every day looking for the the cool as ice vanilla ice movie? <laughs> I didn't know that, it, that there was a vanilla ice. Oh yeah, movie. there was a vanilla ice. He had a movie. It, it's like uh, universally panned as one of the worst movies of all time. Worse than Glitter. Ooh. Which I oh, you know, there, glit, when Glitter came out, and this is back when I used to read uh, movie reviews a lot. For people who don't know, that was the Mariah <laughs> Carey movie. I used to really read a lot of movie reviews. and uh, how bad that was. One of the reviews for Glitter said, just take the G off the title. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Good one. That was... That was that was it. Yeah, that's drop the mic, right? I mean, for movie reviewers, yeah. you just hit the jackpot. You get the the movie review Pulitzer for that Touch one. Touch them all. Touch yeah. them all. <laughs> just take the G off glitter, and that's your movie. And wow. I'm not watching a Vanilla Ice movie. I love Mariah Carey to death to this day, and I'm not watching Glitter. So you know, I'm not watching a Vanilla Ice. Movie. <laughs> I, I I heard a lot of bad things about that movie. I did too. About glitter. Yeah, and you and you still never seen it? No. <laughs> There's only so much time in our lives. I'm not gonna spend two hours watching a terrible movie. What? You, wait, what? Well, not on purpose. 
Okay. I've done it by accident plenty of times. Oh, uh, sure. Or you thought that there was HLA, and there wasn't. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, a, that's another story about watching a movie that I had on tape that I thought was good, but I couldn't remember. And by the well, end of it, I remembered why I couldn't remember if it was any good, because it wasn't any good. <laughs> Hopefully you taped over it. So, All right, yeah. yeah. I think that's a show, huh? All right. Uh, Tuesday night is good for the recap. Yeah, I think we said that this is going to be the last of the two show weeks. Oh, oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. We don't have to uh, make a Thursday pick. This is the uh, the end of Thursday night football. For Actually, year. you we need to do the show Thursday, don't we? Because you're yeah, gone next I'll, weekend. Uh, so I think we just gonna do, yeah. So let's just do it all Thursday then. Gotcha. We'll just do one big one on Thursday at ten. Yep, sounds good. All right. All right. Thursday night, 10 p.m. Central, 11 p.m. Eastern. To recap what happens this coming weekend, week 15 in the NFL, and to make our picks for week 16 as we get ready for the Christmas holiday. It's coming very close. It's crazy. I'm not ready. (laughs) I know I'm not ready. It's Thanksgiving just ended. Jesus. (laughs) Feels like Halloween just ended. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, it, it's incredible. He is Dre. I am Jay. This has been. Uh-huh. Uh, he is Jay. I am Dre. Oh, what okay. You said I'm you and you're me. <laughs> I've done that. I've done that before. Okay. <laughs> this has been another crazy episode of In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Thank you all for listening, and we are out of here. We'll talk to you next Thursday night. <laughs>